And welcome to Talk to Talk. I am Buzz Eisenberg. And I'm Bill Newman. And Bill, even though the pandemic has uh, been uh, declared to be officially over, nevertheless, we are still um, surrounded with uh, microbes and cooties and things that can make us sick. And we still have COVID lurking uh, in the corner uh, for which we have to be careful. We are so lucky to have Dr. Jonathan Bayuk, the uh, Division Chief of Allergies and Immunology for the Bay State System with us. Dr. Bayuk, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. So um, for those of us who are really concerned and don't know what the answers are, let's start with COVID. How concerned should we be about COVID? So, you know, there's, there's been a lot of changes since, since we had the Alpha variant. We're, we're now down at the JN1, which is a very distant, but still an Omicron variant. Um, the good news is, is that it is not as pathogenic as the original uh, variants were. What, is, what does pathogenic uh, mean? Um, it's maybe a better term to say is it, it's, it's not, the, the severity of the disease isn't as bad. Now, part, part of that's because a, a large part of the population has either been vaccinated or has been sick. Um, but, you know, it's also part of the fact that the variant itself is through something called anticipation has sort of become, has become quite a bit less, less deadly than it was before. However, uh, it, it is easier spread. So as you probably, as people probably have noticed, the, um, that there's been, you know, quite a few people who have never had COVID, even after four years, who have now gotten it in the last few months. And that's because of this the new variant. And, you know, one of the questions I think that we had talked about before the show was that, you know, what, what's the deal with the new vaccine? And the variant is far enough away from the original vaccines that it, it basically can escape the previous vaccines. So if, I don't want to say if, I got the new vaccine a couple months ago, does it prevent me from uh, getting COVID, this new variant, or does it just make the... Uh, uh, symptoms less serious when I get it. So it's it's not intended. None, almost no vaccines are intended to completely protect you from getting the infection. There are some that do that, but you know so the flu vaccine and the, and the COVID vaccines, they're intended to make the disease uh, less severe, so to prevent serious illness, hospitalizations, and death. Having said that, uh, even in my own experience, having had nine vaccines. Uh, when exposed to COVID, I, I have been, I haven't been getting it. So, the I think that it is depending on the individual. There are some who have been vaccinated, you know, completely who get still get it and can get, you know, sick like the flu. But the likelihood of, of those people being hospitalized or dying is exceedingly small. So in my case, I've gotten I think I got the original vaccine. I think I've had four boosters. I didn't get COVID until March of last year. I got a very mild day and a half of feeling fatigued and not particularly good, but I did have COVID. I continued to test positive for, I think, a total of 10 days, um, uh, and now I've gotten the new vaccine. What should people be doing? Should should everybody continue to get the new booster? What What are your recommendations? Well, uh, very much so. Pe- people who can get it should get it. Now, there are some people, and I, I see quite a few of them, who've had reactions to the previous, especially the mRNA vaccines, 
which who probably shouldn't, or should consult with someone like myself before you do that. I just want to just want to stop you, Doctor Jonathan uh, Bay. Mm -hmm. uh, mRNA, that's known as a messenger vaccine. Could you explain what that is? Briefly? Yeah, let, let me let me explain. So mRNA technology is is a little bit new. That's how the first. Mm -hmm. The Pfizer and the Moderna use that type of vaccination technology. There, there are different ways that you can vaccinate us, and some of it has to do with taking pieces of of a virus or whatever you're vaccinating for that's not path that doesn't make you sick, and and using that as a vaccine. Or you can do this mRNA way, which basically gives the signal to your immune system to create the spike protein, which is what we're trying to vaccinate against so that the, that the virus can attach to us. And that is through a different technology. Those tend to be very immunogenic, meaning that they cause your immune system to, to really be, you know, get roared, roared up. And the, the, some people don't react well to those vaccines. Right now, the new variant vaccine we have, there's three of them. Two of them use that technology. That's still the Pfizer and the Moderna. But there's a third called the Novavax, which uses a different technology, which is similar to a flu shot, which if you have had problems with either the Pfizer or the Moderna, is an excellent alternative. And so I definitely recommend that. And when I see people who come in and have questions about it, oftentimes, even if they've had reactions to Pfizer or, or the Moderna, um, they've, I've advised them to take the Novavax, and so far that's been going very well. And is the Novavax actually introducing the bug into your system so that you develop the antibodies? Is that how that works? No, it, it uses something called nanotechnology. So it makes it very, very, very small, you know, particles of the spike protein that get introduced into your, to your body. And then your immune system sees those and then creates antibodies against them. So it's, it's just, it's a different way of doing it. But, but no, it does not give you any of the actual virus infection except the attachment protein, which doesn't make you sick. So as Division Chief of Allergies and Immunology for the Bay State System, Dr. Jonathan Bayuk, what are you seeing the most of in terms of people who are afflicted, who are getting sick? Um, well, what, are you, what are you seeing these days? You mean which type of infection? Yes, which types of infection. So as, you know, as been reported on the news, you know, we, we've had quite a bit of flu. It, that's now here. Um, so getting a flu shot is also very important. I haven't seen a report on how effective it is this year. We'll get that information shortly. The RSV, which is, you know, has always been around. It, it's been notoriously a, a, a virus that causes bronchiolitis, which is an inflammation of, of the lungs in babies. But due to the fact that we all were not exposed to any viruses for, for so long, the older population got pretty, pretty hit hard once the masks came off with, with that virus. And then, of course, we still have COVID around. So those are the, those are the top three. There are others. There's the human metadenomavirus and the usual cold rhinoviruses, et cetera, that are out there. But um, as far as fairly significant respiratory illnesses, you know, those are those are the top three for now. And what does RSV stand for, and who should be most concerned about it? So it stands for respiratory syncytial virus. And uh, the people that should be most concerned are babies, as they always have been and should be, which is, you know, something that unfortunately it does happen and, and so you have very young children that get pretty sick and sometimes need to be hospitalized. Uh, and now the, uh, the older population, so people certainly over 60, but you people, there's a, va a va vaccine to the RSV, for RSV now and I believe it's approved by, by most insurance companies and recommended for people over the age of 50 or 55. Doctor, this may sound like a bit of a question from a dinosaur, but 
I would appreciate your perspective on whether we should be wearing masks again. That's a that's a very individual question. You know, I don't wear a mask, and I'm exposed to all kinds of nastiness all the time. And I I've been fortunate. Um, many people who come to the office, my office, uh, do wear a mask, and I certainly uh, respect and appreciate that. Uh, there is a mandate now at Bay State Medical Center, uh, as well as the Mass General Brigham system, and, and a lot of health systems, and quite a few nursing homes, you know, trying to protect those who are more vulnerable. Um, but there are, you know, it's really a personal choice. You know, a lot of people still choose to wear it in the supermarket or when they're out and inside. Um, outside, it's probably not necessary. And if you're alone in your car, it definitely is not necessary. But the, um, you know, the, it, it's a hard thing to give up for a lot of people. It, you know, the pandemic did, did a lot to our psyche. And um, so it is really a personal choice. And it's, but if you feel, um, you know, if you're if you're at risk, and what makes you at risk? So, uh, you know, diabetes, undergoing under cancer treatments. If you have your kidney disease that's significant, lung disease, uh, heart disease, those are things. Those are people that should probably be, be masking, especially indoors. I'd like to know whether the demasking of the country and our communities actually has led to more infections. And I say that because personally, while wearing a mask during COVID, uh, while it was so prevalent, I, I was the healthiest I'd been. I didn't get my traditional winter infection. Uh, and I'm wondering what you feel about use of masks more generally. Well, you know, in Asia, it's been used for a long, long time. It's sort of part of the culture. You know, it definitely does prevent infection. There's no question about that. Um, so. If you're trying to not get sick, then wearing a mask is, is probably the best thing to do. Um, but it also, you know, there's a certain amount of lifestyle choice that, that people have to make on their own. But as you said, you know, there isn't, there isn't more infection per se. I just think that, that you know, I, that's what I think. What, what is true is that when we took the masks off, the infections that were always there, you know, sort of hit people, you know, at, all kind of at once. So it seemed that way. But the, as far as the actual amount of infection that's out there, it's basically the same as it's always been. It's just now we notice it more and, and, and uh, we're much more sensitive to people who are sick. But just one more mask-related question, Dr. Bayuk, which is uh, when the pandemic was raging, my impression was that you wear a mask not so much to protect yourself, but to protect other people from, from, uh, from you spreading to them any infection you might have. Is, is that not true? I mean, it's partially true, but it's also, you know, masks do prevent certain amount of, you know, exposure to, to each individual who's wearing the mask. So it, you know, it does both. So when everybody was wearing masks, it, it accomplished that goal. I think one of the things that you may be alluding to is that if you're wearing a mask and someone else isn't, can you still get sick? Well, yeah, sure. And, um, you know, your eyes are, are an entryway for infection and certainly masks aren't hundred percent effective at preventing uh, viruses from getting into, into our bodies. So, but they do help. They're, they do have a, a role. And how about the other things we learned during the pandemic? Washing our hands, um, you know, wearing vinyl gloves during certain things. Uh, what about all of those uh, protections? Well, at the beginning of the pandemic, even before we did masks, I, I made T-shirts for all my staff, and it says, wash your hands and don't touch your face. And um, that's, that's something I say to a lot of people is it's, it's really very helpful. And I see children all the time who get recurrent colds and the question is, do they have an immune system problem or what's going on? And, you know, as I'm evaluating them, they're sitting there sucking on their fingers. And, um, you know, that's, that's a big way of introducing infection because we touch doorknobs and we touch uh, you know, other, other objects and each other. 
And if you take take what's on your hand and put it in your mouth, that is a very good way of, in, of introducing all kinds of stuff. So washing your hands is really important. Glo gloves, you know, you know, there's a, a saying in medicine: if it's wet and not yours, don't touch it. Um, but if you have gloves on, it, it's probably okay. But you know, the, but the same thing: you have to have to change the gloves or wash the gloves. Um, maybe not as necessary as, and, and certainly not as useful as, as washing your hands and not touching your face. We are talking with Dr. Jonathan Bayuk, the Division Chief for Allergies and Immunology for the Bay State System. He has his own practice here. Uh, we'll be right back with him, and I want to ask him more about the flu, influenza. What should people be doing? How prevalent is it these days? We'll be right back. You're listening to Talk the Talk with Bill Newman and Buzz Eisenberg. You're listening to Talk the Talk with Bill Newman and Buzz Eisenberg, WHMP. And we are continuing our conversation with Dr. Jonathan Bayuk, the Division Chief of Allergies and Immunology for the Bay State Health System. Uh, Dr. Bayuk, before I ask you about influenza, and I want to do that, I just have to ask you, why are allergies and immunologies lumped together in your discipline? So uh, allergy is an immunologic problem. So what happens when you're allergic is your immune system uh, it reacts to harmless things that causes <clears throat> allergy symptoms and asthma and eczema and in the cases of food allergy or drug allergy or, or venom allergy those those types of reactions but uh, yeah it's 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 an immunologic problem it's just it's so there the, that specialty deals with anything to do with immunology from any any system but historically allergies how it started because we didn't have a lot of immunologic knowledge when the specialty began and it, it just morphed like that way it's so interesting because I've always thought of allergies as being like this static, well, you're born with an allergy, you have this allergy. I don't think of it as an infection, whereas immunology, I always think of it as, you know, this, this rogue infection that's, that's coming. It's not part of who you are. It's just attacking you. I guess I'm wrong. Well, I mean, you're not necessarily wrong, but there's, there's more to it. So it's not just about infections that are immunology. Immunology, your, your immune system controls everything. And most of the conditions that we have have to do with the immune system doing things to us that we should, we don't want, and that includes you know, diabetes and certain lung diseases, certain heart diseases, uh, certain neurologic diseases, skin diseases. Your immune system, when it does something to hurt you, is is, is most of our diseases. So it's it's just that the specialty encompasses everything that is to do with your immune system, and allergies is a big part of what people experience. Okay, well, my particular uh, superpower is asking stupid questions. So there's one that I have to ask, which is there's a little 5-year-old or 12-year-old Jonathan Bayuk, and I can understand why he said, I want to be a doctor. But what led you to this particular discipline of all the disciplines available to you? Um, well, it, it's very complicated, and I, I, like, I like to solve puzzles. So, you know, it's... Uh, it's 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 top, you know. As far as I'm concerned, you know, I I get the opportunity to to treat kids and adults, which is a, a very unusual specialty to, uh, position to be in. There aren't any other ones like that. So, um, you know, and it's it's just it's my cup of tea. And I'm glad that it is. So let's turn our attention to the flu. I did get flu vaccine. Yes, I'm patting myself on the back. I've uh, been doing that the last five years. But um, what have you been seeing in your practice in terms of people who are infected with uh, flu virus? So I don't see a lot of actively sick people 
people, although yesterday I did see two people who, were, who had just been tested for the flu and, and they needed to be seen to discuss whether or not they could take some of the anti-flu medicines because of previous reactions. But um, it's out there. The, the flu is definitely out there. There's you know, the flu, A flu and then there's the, the B variant. There's, uh, I've seen both, but more of the A. So it, there's definitely flu in our community and it will grow. It will continue to spread. Um, there's something called the r naught, and the r naught is how many people get sick when one person gets sick, and the r naught for the flu is one. So when one person gets the flu, they're likely to spread it to one other person. COVID, at its worst, its r naught was 12. So one person gets COVID and 12 other people get it from them, which is crazy, uh, which is why we had the pandemic and why we did all that we did to uh, slow it down. But yeah, the flu is definitely out there. The good news is, is that flu shots do work. So you should, that people should get them. Um, unfortunately, not everybody gets them. Only a, a fraction of the population does, but it would be great if more people did. And then we do have anti-flu medicines that work fairly well. Do you see more hospitalizations? Uh, I mean, do you anticipate, is what I'm really asking, more hospitalizations from flu, from COVID? Or is that something that we need not be worried about in terms of the uh, uh, capabilities of our health system? Well, I mean, I think that it's, it, it is a moving target. So right now, Bay State's in the, in the red zone. So they, that's one of the reasons why the masks went back on. Infections do spread. They spread within hospital systems as well as uh, any other place where there's a lot of people in one spot. Uh, so it's, I don't know that I would say that the flu causes more hospitalizations than COVID because, it's, you know, obviously COVID causes a lot of hospitalizations earlier. But it certainly is significant. Every year that I've been in practice, you know, flu is sent many, many people to the hospital every, every winter. I'd like to ask whether you think we're being vigilant enough, doctor. I st we still get these uh, announcements on news feeds that say <clears throat> so many COVID cases in Massachusetts this week and so many deaths. It's like it doesn't exist for the most of the media. Uh, COVID's done. It's over. It's finished. And, oh, by the way, we have dozens of people dying every week in Massachusetts from it. H how, do we, how do we reconcile those disparate facts? Well, you know, I think it's, it's difficult, especially after going through the pandemic, to ask people to, to close back down. Uh, if, you, if we did, would we have less infection? Yeah, we would. Um, it's definitely not exciting for the media anymore, and technically the pandemic is over. But viral infections have been around forever. I mean, it's it's a huge part of what what we do in, in medicine, and you know, uh, but I, I really like people to understand that we've lost about thirty percent of the workforce in healthcare, and it's not coming back. So you know, people get very frustrated, and every every office that I know, including my own, has put up signs about, please, you know, you have to have to understand that we're doing the best we can. But you know, when you when you lose thirty percent of you know an already stressed workforce, there's only so much we can do. So people do have to take care of themselves, and getting vaccines, and you know, potentially wearing masks or staying away from people who are sick is is really important. Um, Dr. Bayuk, I uh, my spouse and I. We go to a dinner party. If we go to a gathering, we test ourselves. If uh, and we generally ask people to test before they come to our house. Are we being overly cautious? Is it still a good idea to repeatedly test yourself? There's nothing wrong with it. Um, so it, it's up to up to the individual. You know, is it necessary in all settings? You know, it's really, again, it really depends on on the setting. You know. Fairly young, young guy. So, and I, people I see tend to be young. I, I don't test myself, um, but 
there's nothing wrong with doing it, especially if you're, you know, if you're, if you're worried about it, it's certainly a respectful and courteous thing to do, you know, because it, especially if you have any symptoms so you don't spread infections. But keep in mind, you can test yourself for COVID, but it doesn't, you know, it doesn't mean that you don't have the flu or RSV or some other virus. So it, it really is an individual choice. Well, let me ask you the big question. From, from your perch, treating people uh, as an expert on, uh, in this arena, uh, what do you think COVID is going to do over the coming months? Do you think we're going to see more of it? Is it going to spike? Is it going to bring us to our knees like it once did? Or should we not be so worried? It's going gonna, it's gonna to get worse. Every winter it will. We're still we're in mid-January and people aren't masking. And you know, we, we've basically gone back to a fairly normal existence. So it will get worse, and it will it will go away again in the summer months, and then it will come back, and just like the flu does. It, it's it's hard to bring back to the pandemic status that it had before. I mean, keep in mind, some parts of the world are still pretty rough. We're we're just in a in a pretty decent place, mostly because of vaccination, but not all parts of the world have that opportunity. But you know, there will be other pandemics. You know, depending on how which model you look at. Um, somewhere between 16 and 18 years from now, we're looking at another one. So, you know, so for now, live. Do the best you can to protect yourself, get vaccinated, stay up to date with those things, wear masks where appropriate, wash your hands, don't touch your face. That is a great place to leave it. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Okay, stay healthy, everybody. We're going to just take a break. We're going to be right back. This is Talk the Talk with Bill Newman and Buzz Eisenberg.